Thank you for tuning in to another edition of the Business of Fun podcast. It is me, Dave Wakeman. This is the first episode of November. I have instituted some changes in the newsletter, Talking Tickets. Get it at talkingtickets.substack.com. This is going to go out on November 4th. So the first edition will go out on Friday, November 5th. It's going to be uh, cool new things. There's going to be more application um, a little bit different layout, a little bit different format. It's going to be fun, so check it out. Make sure you check out my friends at Booking Protect, the global leaders in refund protection. What we've discovered through looking at the data is that customers are taking up refund protection at double the rate, if not more, than they did before the pandemic. This is a clear indicator based on action that people are looking for peace of mind. They're looking for security. They're looking for certainty in their purchases. The cool thing is, is that it also is a revenue stream for you and your organization. So hook up with the team at Booking Protect at www.bookingprotect.com and find out how you can add refund protection to your offering to your guests. They appreciate it and they're buying it now, which means that they really want it. My guest today is Pauline Fallowell from London Theatre Direct uh, and the Bridge Theatre in London. I guess you got that because there was a lot of London going on there. Uh, this is cool. Uh, I was really excited to have a chance to talk to Pauline because we, uh, during sort of the lockdown periods, we had a chance to hang out on Clubhouse. Um, is Clubhouse still a thing? I don't know. We, we, we actually bring that up today on the podcast. Uh, we talk about um, a lot of stuff. This is kind of a really, really interesting case study in market orientation and customer focus. Um what Pauline and her team at the bridge have done is pretty amazing because when the pandemic began, they were still a relatively new venue. And so they have never really had a chance to um, establish like long-term, long-term customer loyalty, um, which actually ended up being something that worked really well for them because they just kind of maintained a stance that they had from the very start, which is engaging with their market, understanding how to create value for them, understanding how to have conversations with their customers. And we talk about all of that. We also, uh, I stole from Giles Edwards, um, the quick fire questions. We had some fun with this. We talked about uh, whether or not Pauline prefers West End, the West End to Broadway, um, demographics or se- uh, behavioral segmentation, where I get to talk about how um demographics is like astrology um we find out her favorite uh reality tv show and then we poke fun at um, me and my love of tottenham hotspur we have fun with two other uh, actually a, a few recent guests or previous guests so we talk about richard howell we talk about ian taylor and the importance they had on pauline's career and then i also get to make a joke about two of my uh our other friends that were on our um clubhouse chats uh, Jonathan Brown and Richard Howell uh, and tease them in the way that they often tease me about being called the king of tickets by the BBC Um, we talked about recovery we talked about behavioral changes we talked about uh, COVID and how the difference in COVID policies when there's no standard government response has created problems um, not just for consumers but whether or not people are actually buying tickets or not uh, we talked about uh, how people are waiting later and later or, you know, what's driving buying dynamics. We talked about data. We talked about uh, foot traffic and its impact on buying habits. We talked about mad stuff and good stuff. We talked about getting back to the roots of market development. Uh, this is like a really, really great. And we actually, a funny one is we talk about how she came up with her Twitter name, which we will save for the very end. Um, but this is a really good conversation. I think there's a lot for you to learn, no matter if you're in the theater, sports, or the arts, or whatever. So check out this conversation with Pauline Fallowell on The Business of Fun. I want to welcome Pauline Fallowell from London, what is it, London Theater Direct. Is that right? Yeah, I even got it right on the first try. I never <laughs> do that. I always screw up everything. It's like um, at least once or twice before I did it. Like, so I must be getting better. What's happening? How are you? Um, yeah, I'm okay, thank you. Yeah, I'm I'm currently sitting in the foyer of our theater, which is it's quiet because it looks awesome. I'm very jealous. 
it's it's nice to be in a theater it's nice to just be feeling those vibes and yeah it's it's good so that's that's nice I feel like I'm I'm one with my theater at the moment theater vibes theater vibes (laughs) all right so I've only slightly warned you about how we're going to start today because uh, Giles Edwards, uh, he hosts the Call to Action podcast. He was on. We did the longest episode of the Business of Fun history a couple weeks back, but we started with seven quick fire questions. And I told you that these are seven questions I'm going to ask you, uh, and they are completely serious. They are going to be hard, um, and um, you, you better have the right answer or we'll have to cut this short. So that's the whole, that's the whole preamble. No, this whole no thing. pressure. No pressure. Yeah. No, Absolutely no pressure whatsoever. Um, so I'm going to start with a really, really hard one here. Uh, I mean, a really easy one. Sorry, because they're all hard. They're all serious. <laughs> they're all uh, um, absolutely uh, respect what uh, what reasonable adults would ask each other. So <laughs> Broadway or the West End? West End. London wow. girl. I'm a London girl. What? To, okay. So so that's it. Just a London girl. I mean, yeah. I'll allow it. I'll totally allow it. Oh, uh, I, I, I would always say Broadway because, you know, I'm a New York guy. So it's like, exactly. oh, I'm even London, though I love London. I'm a London girl born in, well, normal, n- nearly born and bred. I was born just outside in a place called Croydon and went to university in London and have worked in London since then. So, you know, massive place in my heart. That said, I've been to Broadway. I found it wonderful. And it's still kind of like, you know, this kind of awesome place. But oh, I just love London. You know, I, I think that I love them both, right? I mean, I, I would say broad. If, it, if the question was on my foot, I would say Broadway because I'm, yeah. I'm a New York guy. My office was on Times Square for oh. years and years, and um, you know, I love it. But there's like they're they're both so different and so unique. They're yeah. um, the great thing is they're both magical to me, at least. I don't know. Maybe everybody doesn't feel this way. It's like uh, most New Yorkers would complain about Times Square, and I was like, what? Well, it's still just like sort of like it's awe-inspiring to me still yeah. you know and I, so I never would say anything bad about Broadway I would definitely complain about how crowded it is but I would never um, <laughs> I would never complain about it all right so I didn't trip you up on the first one so the second one then is good oh don't worry They're, they only get better from here um, <laughs> Harry Potter or Hamilton Ooh. oh this is a, lot, a little tougher I like that gosh that's, that's really tough because I'm like are you talking about the show are you talking about the whole concept I mean oh uh, well, we'll talk about the show here um you know I almost went with like you know because like magical things I almost said Harry Potter or Wicked but that was like that's too oh, um, simple yeah. um I was like let's do Harry Potter or Hamilton because those would be like two the two biggest names like currently I think so I think Hamilton um I have a I am a, I am quite a big Potter fan um and I think the show is spectacular. I but Hamilton just the way it's changed, you know, musicals and mm-hmm. you know, the way that it's written and oh, it's just it's just epic. I, I actually was running to the soundtrack the other day and did a really good running time because it just you forget how motivated and how yeah. empowering it is for on so many levels. Yeah. Um so yeah, Hamilton there. I would say one of the things I'll tell people this because um, I never I've never seen either one of them actually. Just because most of the time now that I live in D.C., when I'm in New York or I'm in London, um, to carve out the time to go to the show, I don't always have that uh, that that three or four hours that I need to do it. Yeah. Um, but Hamilton, because it was on Disney Plus, like um, mm-hmm. my wife and son, they got really into it, and so it's nice because me, my son's 11, he's soccer crazy, um, yeah. so he would not necessarily ever consider himself a fan of the theater. So to see him like super excited and listening to the soundtrack and engaged in it and involved in, I thought was awesome. And it it really speaks to, um, I think the power that that creativity has to change people and to engage people. And that like how, um, if done well, musicals and musical theater and the arts can evolve to meet the needs of, you know, of of a current time, right? Which is, I think when you're on the West End or you're on Broadway, a lot of times the producers want a sure thing and they've missed the magic of something that's magical like Hamilton. Yeah. And they would, you know, you would never expect it would be a hit, yet it's the been the biggest hit of the West. The same maybe with even the Book of Mormon or something like yeah. that. Wow. Because yeah, that's not one that people would be like, blockbuster. <laughs> right no, totally, totally. I mean, I remember when I went to see In the Heights for the first time and I ended up seeing that twice because... I just loved it so much, that energy, that 
that something it was just something different about it that just made me go yeah this is this is for now this is for for for, for people now this isn't like you know a nice time piece of a musical that we kind of look at and go oh wasn't that isn't that wonderful it's very of its time um and yeah I still listen back to the In Heights soundtrack actually quite a lot because again I think you like there is so much of in that and you can hear so much of him playing and getting ready almost for Hamilton in it um and yeah and to your point of you know I think Hamilton did a great thing of putting it on Disney plus like what an amazing partnership over that lockdown period when we were all craving something like that and for them to be able to have something that does relate to a very wide audience like we do create stuff sometimes where we're like this is for this audience it's a small audience like this audience will appreciate it but I think Hamilton is it transcends so much more of that and being able to therefore put it on a platform like Disney plus so that it can be reached and be accessible to so many more people I mean what was it it was like 5.99 for a month like yeah something like that five or six bucks oh gosh can you imagine being able to go and see something for 5.99 it's like what Um, the whole family could see it that was so great like watch it as many times as you want it was awesome yeah I mean you know and I hope um, and you know it'd be really fascinating to see what what they do get as feedback now coming up through the next couple of years of like those people that did watch it and are now like I have to come and see the live show because of that um, I am really fascinated to see how that does sort of yeah how that does happen over the next few years well I I, I have this feeling too that um or I don't have a feeling I know like because we <laughs> talked about this before like you're like you, you fall into that kind of proper marketing training and marketing approach that I have so uh, you know you know you know so I know you know you see the like what I guess would be called theoretical benefits that yeah. play out over and over again of doing something like this and the way that you're talking about Hamilton too like are there a couple other shows that I saw when I was first getting started around Broadway was like that did the same thing for me was mm-hmm. spam a lot Right, which yeah. like spam a lot it was like something that was like inc- like unique in the time. But Avenue Q, yeah. right, opened the thing up for people, and um, and then I was also saw the producers at the t- like with Nathan Lane and Matthew Broderick, and then again, Amazing. that was like you, people thought that that was going too far at the start, and then of course it was a huge hit. So <laughs> I also st- saw Wicked like five times, and I still don't get it. So there's <laughs> so there's that. So. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm, I I don't want to seem like I'm so cultured that I like completely. Like, uh, <laughs> what did you get about Wicked? I mean, come I don't on. know. I never. I saw it so many times. I still am like, eh, whatever. I don't like it. Um, <laughs> all right. So on. So we'll move on to number three then, because I see these things get. I told you these things are these, these quick fire <laughs> questions. So quick are fire. Awesome. <laughs> no, they're not so quick fire at all. They're but they're good. Um, so you'll appreciate this next one then, because we're talking about proper marketing. Um, so astrology versus demographic segmentation. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and I oh. totally stole this line from a, a previous podcast guest, uh, Zoe Skamen. Uh, she was like sent something ar- around that was like saying about how like demographics is basically like astrology. <laughs> so, <laughs> when you said astrology first, I was like, "Where are you going with this?" <laughs> um, I'm definitely a demographic se- segmentation, but I mean, even that, I mean, it. There's so many things that actually I'd say that you can be really like, oh, well, this is for like 60 plus people. And like, but actually it's more about the type of person you are. So when you're saying Mm -hmm. demographics, I'd probably more likely to be like, well, is this person, you know, and, you know, is this person outgoing? Is this person a thrill seeker? Is this person like a player? Yeah. Is this a playgoer? Is this a is this the person that loves Wicked? Like, um, you know, yeah. those people- well, I hold up my notes here because you would see that I marked out uh, behavioral to go with astrology. So. I mean- <laughs> Just because I, th- I thought, it, you, I, I saw that like you were able to, you, were, you would appreciate the joke. <laughs> yeah, because actually then I go, well, actually you're probably closer to astrology than when you're talking about behavioral because everyone goes, well, you're, I'm a Gemini, so you know- Totally I'm, Scorpio, totally oh. Scorpio. <laughs> I'm Gemini. I can never make up my mind. I'm apparently two-faced. I mean, <laughs> don't know where that puts me. In That's not necessarily time. my impression uh, <laughs> of, of you, so. Uh, but I don't know. <laughs> Wait till uh, I talk well, about you later. No. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Let's, say, let's see what you say after the last of these questions. <laughs> so, All right. you, that is a good question, actually. 
I see. I'm not like the worst. I mean, I've actually gotten pretty good at this over the years, I think. Um, all right. So here's one that I'm interested in because, so, you know, I mean, you, you know, I'm in London in the normal times all the time. I'm, I'm there like three or four times a year sometimes. Um, so I'm a celebrity, get me out of here or Love Island. <laughs> oh, gosh. Can I go neither? Um, I've, all, I've, oh, not, yeah, go ahead. I've, I've never watched either of those shows, which probably that's okay i make up for it by watching both of them for you so i'm I'm a bake-off girl through forgive me bake-off or drag race bake-off or drag race would have been a harder uh split (laughs) i never even thought about that that was see that was like i'm not market focused enough i was dave focused on that one because i was like i'll go and like get like a vrbo or like an airbnb with like my family and like you know the, the boy will go to bed early so then we're like sitting there watching like all the primetime tv and i'm like what i don't know these shows i the death they're the best maybe so now that's, maybe so that's bake- how we need to segment audiences now it's like are you a love island are you a bake-off are you a <laughs> Well, if you do like the segmentation the way I do it, then that could be a very much a meaningful, action, actionable part of the thing. It would be great. <laughs> Definitely. All right. All right. So let's see then. Um, I'm going to ask you this one. And I'm going to switch the last two because um, this one, I don't know. You can, because you could see my coffee mug come up and down. So you know, I'm already telling you. But coffee or tea? Coffee. It's really? Tough tough but I yeah I can't survive without my morning cup of coffee I just love the coffee flavor but I can't have I'm one of those people that sounds like an old woman when I'm like I can't have any caffeine after midday because you know I go sure. nuts um but I I, yeah love a bit of coffee all right well that was a little surprising to me I had oh. no idea yeah all right so London a lot being a London girl then all right so this one I don't know if this one's gonna. This one might res, um, elicit no response at all. You might roll your eyes at me. This would be totally fine. It's okay. Um, but I'll ask you just because, and I know that these aren't the only two options in London, um, okay. but they're the only two options that matter to me. So, Ooh. so we're learning, we're learning about you as well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If you don't know this one already, then like this, then you, you haven't been paying attention. But okay, so so Tottenham versus Arsenal, and you can Ooh. say either and something else. This is really tough because, um, yeah, that's really tra- tough. I I used to live in Highbury Islington, so it was very, very. I could used to be able to hear the Arsenal Stadium from the window of my flat, mm-hmm. and that used to, and I used to really respect the fans. They were always lovely, but I have a lot of Tottenham friend supporters um, who would probably murder me if I didn't say Tottenham. <laughs> oh, I like that. Yeah. See that. <laughs> Now you can hang out. That's good. <laughs> so, <laughs> you could, because you could have gone anywhere with that. I mean, there's yeah. like no shortage of teams, right? I mean, but that's oh. okay. I'll, I'll allow that one then. All right. Okay. Then uh, that's good. If it was Arsenal, I was going to be like, well, thanks for coming. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. Here, so here's number seven. Here's the the much promised one that, uh, that, uh, that like it's a complete joke. Um, it's not a complete joke. It's serious. Um, actually, I adore both of these people. So, like, you know, I mean, they they both know I like them. So, this, this is not it. But Richard Howell or Jonathan Brown? <laughs> wow, that's mean. <laughs> well, actually, do you know what? I will have to say Richard Howell. I couldn't pick. I love. I love them both. I, 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 I totally was joking. I I, I just knew to... that like you were you were you were you were on the you, you know you're involved in Star and so are they so I was like going who could I ask that would be that would appreciate me like doing a quick fire question I was like those two will <laughs> <laughs> do you know what I will I will justify this because I think especially because we were on the clubhouse the clubhouse yeah. so um Jonathan Brown is amazing and everything that Star and they do and his the amount of stuff he does is incredible but Richard Howell mm-hmm. I owe my career to Richard Howell. So um, he gets a massive shout out because uh, I, I like literally I walked into AKA and he was the head of the department there and he took a risk on this young person that comes straight out of uni, didn't really know what she was doing and hired her into company and has always yeah. kept me under his wing and looked after me since. And I have so much respect for him. And yeah, um, he's, he's seen me through my 13 odd years in this industry. So massive shout out to him. Well, that's that's awesome. I mean, I think the world of both of those guys. So I mean, yeah. that's that's the only reason I um I, I included them. I would never have like put anybody in there that I didn't <laughs> because that would like take the, the fun out of the joke. Uh, I, you know, I say it all the time. Like Richard's one of the smartest people oh. I know in tickets, and then Jonathan's like 
extremely like the work that he does leading star is unbelievable um and anytime i can like highlight either one of those guys yeah. i try to and i'm happy to um and uh, you know i mean those are two guys that like i, I you know like being in lockdown and like not being able yeah. to travel and not having a chance to see those guys has been like one of the um you know one of the harder things because i mean every time i'm in london i see them you know yeah, so yeah. like I mean, I, but then we did have Clubhouse. So. Yeah, I know. Where's that gone? What was that? <laughs> Clubhouse seems to have disappeared. So now we got to do podcasts. <laughs> all, right, yeah. all right. So, so see, that wasn't too bad. I thought no, that, that was, was like great. actually sort of like sort of funny. Um, so let me add, now. I do have some serious questions, so we can talk. We can t- now we can talk serious stuff. Actually, we ended up talking serious stuff. Damn it. <laughs> um, but what is the um, what does the environment for theater look like? You're sitting in the theater. We were talking about it a little bit before. Mm-hmm. You talked about all the surveys that you've been dealing with. I actually have a survey that I'll be releasing probably shortly after this episode comes out in the next few days, uh, because I do a lot of surveys in my newsletter to get people from all over the world tickets. Um, but what does the environment look like in London right now? Oh, do you know what? This is such an interesting, timely podcast um, because literally this morning my my boss Nicholas Heitner um who's the co-director of Bladder Theatre was on BBC Radio 4's Today program talking about this very thing and um so if those those want to listen to it on the 28th of October do uh do check it out um but it it's it's such a mixed bag and it, it, there's been a really interesting right now as well. It's like, you could ask me this tomorrow and it'd be a completely different answer to mm-hmm. what it is today. Um, I was told by our media agency last week that people Googling tickets was down 20% last week. And, you know, we have seen sales go down because over here in London, there's suddenly been that kind of flare up of cases rising and people feeling a little bit more cautious. Um, you know, we're going into winter. Um, and, you know, but even before that, again, if you'd asked me kind of before that week and that happening, I'd have talked about, you know, the fact that there is such a want and a need from people to go and see the really joyous things, to go see the musicals, to see those things they've missed, to see the the hairsprays, the Jersey Boys, the Mamma Mia's, um, you know, those ones that you know what you're going to get, you know you're going to have a great time and you're going to go with the people you love. Um, we currently have a play on right now, which is by written by Susan Laurie Parks, who is, you know, Pulitzer Prize winning American black writer. Um, she is phenomenal. She's got this amazing play, which we've got called White Noise. And it's so relevant. Uh, it's, you know, it's about race. It's about looking at it from different perspectives. And, you know, this is what in theory people want to be seeing. Um, but they just don't want to be seeing it right now. They don't, it's not that thing that you're going, oh, so that's not escapism. That's going to be a bit hard hitting. And that is what's struggling right now. Those those plays that are a little bit too close to the bone, that are a little bit too raw, I think, we're seeing more of a struggle with. And, you know, I, it's, it's whoever you are. And I think that is really fascinating in the fact that we've all gone, yeah, people want to come back and they want to, they want to be passionate about this, but actually they want, they want something that they're going to love and they're going to escape. Um, Which, you know, I totally get as well. (laughs) I think the first thing I booked was, I think the first thing I saw post lockdown um, this year was six, the musical. (laughs) Because I wanted something that I was going to smile at and with my best mates. Yeah. I, I, um, Shoot, what was it that I wanted to go see? I, there was something I said, and it was this, in New York. I was like, oh, I want to go up. I want to go see. Oh, I want to see David Byrne. And, uh, you know, and I was like, well, because I know that, like, that'll put me in, like, a good frame of mind. It will be, like, about the music. and It'll be about all these things. And I've gone to more games than I would normally go to just because mm-hmm. it's, like, I can sit outside. There's people around. There's a sp- stuff, you know, um, if I need distance or like if yeah. I feel uncertain, it's totally cool. It's right there, but it's, that's it. It's like the baseball I equate with really like some of the, um, the brighter and happier moments of my life. It's like baseball games. And so, or, or NBA basketball. And those yeah. are the things I've done over and over again. I've probably been to six or eight baseball games. I've been to several NBA games. It's the same thing, right? It's like yeah. looking for things that like put me back in a place that, where I felt more in control, happier, yeah. um, more 
just certain, I guess, is maybe even the way. Um, yeah, and, yeah. And, that, and that's a, um, I think it's an important idea because I think one of the challenges, and we were going back and forth about this, that people are dealing with is they don't necessarily understand how people's behaviors have changed. Yeah. And the struggle that people are dealing with is um, understanding, first understanding the behavior change, but then being able to take the step back and to look at what's going on through the eyes of the people they're trying to serve as opposed to their own eyes, right? Because yeah. you went to see six, I've gone to see baseball, but somebody else might want to go see, I don't know, you know, they might want to go see a more serious thing, right? Yeah. Because it gives them, yeah, yeah. you know, they, because they've seen so much injustice or they've seen so much yeah. things or some people are like, I was giving you the statistic about 70% of Americans just aren't going to go to anything until the yeah. pandemic's a little bit more under control. Yeah. Um, how are you dealing with that? Like, you know, how are you looking at people's behaviors to understand, you know, what you can do and what you can't do right now? I mean, in terms of, well, I'll answer the COVID one first, because actually I think there's two different bits there is like how we're sort of messaging the COVID thing and like how we're being safe. And there's also that kind of how we're trying to find audiences for a specific type of play. Um, I mean, you know, the COVID element of it is so fascinating because like, here in London, here in the UK, there's, um, or England specifically, there's no sort of government enforcement to wear masks. And this is a fascinating one because we we do a survey, post the show and mm -hmm. we get feedback in person. And 50% of the audience are like, why aren't, why aren't you enforcing this harder? And 50% are going, you're doing too much. Why? I don't want to think about COVID when I go to the theatre. Why are you thrusting all this stuff in my face? And you just kind of go this is so di like there is a complete diverse mix of people going you're doing too much you're doing too little yeah and there isn't a midway slash the people that probably are midway are the people that don't are not vocal so of course yeah. you don't hear from them um but you can't necessarily ask a front of house person who is you know probably in their 20s probably their first job probably part-time who does have quite a lot of responsibilities to tell an adult put on a mask because they're probably going to be told where to go um because you can't enforce it you can't tell yeah. them that this is the law it's like telling someone oh please can you pull your trousers up or something <laughs> you know it's like <laughs> you know you're just gonna look at someone in an odd way um so yeah we are doing everything in terms of I think from a ticketing point of view specifically trying to tell people that look if you if you can't come if you if that's an uncertainty if you're worried about it book a ticket and actually if you're feeling unwell if there is something like we aren't going to hold your money like we as a theatre have made that decision that if you don't you feel ill some you know we will go yeah okay refund no questions asked or let's move you to a different date like you know how can we how can we look after you um because I think there is a tentative of that and people are booking later because they're like oh I don't know how I'm gonna feel until I get there um and you know putting the fact that we are cleaning we are doing you know all our staff wear masks in yeah. the theatre we're actually more worried about our front of house team and our we're worried about our actors we're working our back of house team because we've had some squeaky bum times where you know if they were ill and off which they have been we can't open this venue like I there was there was one point where um we we had like no team hardly at all i was box office for the day i was doing the box office thing coming myself um because we needed people yeah. to do it and i was just like yeah i'm there i will do anything to keep the theater open right now mm -hmm. um so that is a you know that is one area that is interesting in terms of you know consume get a uh, customer confidence of yeah. coming to a theater and it also doesn't help that many theaters do different things so some are saying you mm -hmm. know do vaccine passports and some are saying uh, very little. I've been to many theatres where I've actually looked around and gone, gosh, I am one of like, I am, there's like eight of us wearing masks out of 200 people. Um, mm -hmm. And you kind of go, oh, like, what do I feel about this? And yeah. as, a, as a customer yourself, you're questioning it. Um, and, you know, from, from the other side of it, the kind of how do you, how are we now communicating to people to come and see things? that has been a fascinating journey because going back to a point I think you were saying earlier about you know people commuting like we were all told to work from home for a while and we've as a theatre have been open since May in one form or another um you know you don't you used to do the thing where it would be like yeah 
post it up on the tube, post it up on the trains, like get loads of big, beautiful posters out there. And he's gonna go, no one's leaving the house. No one will see that. Like, yeah. what, what should we, where should we be spending our money nowadays? And there's a lot more kind of, you know, looking at how we can directly talk to people through databases, through brands to try and really talk to them. So they feel like they, they can, they feel like they know us. They feel like they can have a conversation with us. Um, I mean, we're so fortunate that we own pretty much all of our data because we've always set ourselves up like that. So we've had a very open dialogue with our customers for actually the last 18 months because even when we closed, I was like, right, I don't want to, yeah, we don't have a show on. I'm not going to not talk to my customers. Um, one of the first emails we sent, I just collated a load of links that were just links to things that were going on online that people could do or um we're also well known for our madeleines here in the theater it's a very very uh quirky thing but you can have freshly baked madeleines in the interval and people come out the stalls and the and the circle and you come out to this beautiful baking smell it's something i definitely missed over lockdown um but we sent out a recipe of how you can make it at home on your own during lockdown and it went down like a storm it was so good um but uh, you know like it is that we've just had to you just have to keep a relationship up with these people it's mm -hmm. you know like that is definitely something that i found has been really valuable and you know getting to people that way um although interestingly now because footfall has totally risen in london very recently and i think um it's fascinating because suddenly we are looking at doing outdoor options again and booking those tube and train advertisers suddenly those those media outlets have gone a bit mad and actually it's now really difficult because you've got the bigger brands that have also gone okay we're we're going to storm back in again and we because we spend billions so like mm -hmm. those are taking priority and suddenly you know us as theater land are going oh now we're fighting against the coca-colas the you know apples of this world to go ah how do we cut through because you've suddenly decided to come back to advertising as well um so you know we're we're fighting against a lot of other brands that have suddenly gone right we need to make back our back our bucks because we've kind of been a bit quiet for a while well let me ask you about this too though because you know the same way where I feel like there's coca-cola right because they are the world's most famous brand probably um well known because you can go everywhere and you see that red color or that bottle and you know what it is yeah. um but doesn't it i mean and this is what it sounds like to me so you tell me if i'm wrong it presents different opportunities you know yeah. like so because you may not be able to put up posters or ads or billboards or whatever that you might have, but there's a, you've talked to people the whole time, which I didn't plant this with you at all, because yeah. again, you know, that this is like, I was like, well, you got to talk to people the whole time, right? It's just, um, and your experience is the same experience as the people I was working with too, that they were talking to people. They've had a much easier time reopening right. because they were still there. And it wasn't about like, going, Oh, you know, support me, give to me, give to me. It was like, going, I know it's tough. Here's what I can give. Here's what we can share together or here's what yeah. we can do. Um, you know, so there's different opportunities. It seems like instead of the same opportunities, it's just different things. And yeah. part of the, the ability that it seems that you have is that you are listening to the market. You're talking to people. And so you're understanding I may, I can still reach people. It's just different than it was before. Yeah. Um, yeah. So what are some of those new, like interesting ways of reaching people? What, what have they been or what do they look like? And how do they, they, how do they differ? From, I mean, I, I guess you already explained the differing thing because it's like you would use a lot of tube ads and a lot of like yeah. traditional, you know, media. Yeah. And, you know, I think in some ways I don't think it's a bad thing because I think I'm one of those people that hates to be, you know, just like, oh, copy, paste, copy, paste, copy, paste. Um, that'll mm -hmm. do, that'll do. It, there's something really refreshing about going, right, actually, let's rethink how we're doing this um i mean more recently we've we've been going sounds awful but we've been really going back to our roots like we've been looking at going directly to um to companies and going hi we're this and we think it will be really interesting for you to come and see this play and here have a ticket to come and then can you tell your newsletter followers and so we've had so much more exposure from that than we've had from anything else and so much more reach from that and actually expanded our audience so much more because we've suddenly got so many new people that haven't been because we've we've actually kind of had to to really go and find them and not just sort of sit back and go come to us um which you know that outdoor is brilliant at doing but 
you know, it feels feels again like you're you're reaching out a hand and shaking it to someone rather yeah. than that kind of thing of just waiting for someone to knock on your door. Um, and it's it's hard, it's hard, but it's it's very rewarding when we're currently having audiences that are really responding to this play and more better, you know, better than they would have responded to other things that we've done, mm-hmm. like vocally during the show almost like we've actually had heckling and which sounds like an awful thing but in this play it's totally appropriate and the way it's been dealt with is beautiful but the actors have totally been like this these audiences have been some of the best audiences we've played to in the in the energy they're giving off right now and I think it's because we haven't taken that for granted um we've really we've really pushed to find those audiences and that that's been a great journey well, that's interesting too. You didn't take it for granted, and I know that you know this will come from me, not from you. You don't have to. You can just ignore what I'm about to say if if it suits you, or you can say whatever. It's that it's a frustration that I have with the way that people just expect that people are supposed to, because shows and sports and concerts and events are back, that people are supposed to have dropped everything that has happened to them for the last eighteen months and care about the theater, concerts, sports, events, and everything, because that was what they always did. And it doesn't reflect, at least to me, the reality that, like you said, there, there is a relationship, right? Yeah. And there is a connection. And there is a, um, you know, it's not a one-way thing. It's a back and forth. And so many people just like, going, oh, yeah, well, we're just going to throw open the doors because reopening means recovery. And it's a, um, it's a frustration I share because I, I see it so much. And, you know, I, I me and my I, my stuff covers the whole world and it's like not just like in london it's not just in the states it can it seems to be everywhere and yeah. you know i'm curious right because i think this would be helpful for people again didn't plant this question so this is good <laughs> um you know how you know how did you develop that mindset and like how have you um been able to you know make that an organization wide thing because it's not, I know it's not easy. Right. So I, um, because there are so many challenges, there's so many demands, there are, um, you know, so many people are getting pulled in so many different directions. Like the research, the survey I did is that like one of the biggest challenges is people are having to do more with less, you know, um, you know, but how have you been able to hold on to that idea? You know, it, it really, it's been like an organizing principle of what you've been able to do for the last like 18 months. I mean, in a difficult circumstance. Let me, let yeah, me yeah, yeah. fully, fully like clear. I understand how hard it is, but I also really understand how essential it is to do it the way you've done it. I think that, that I've got a fortunate position in the fact that the bridge itself, the theatre, has only been open. This we've literally just celebrated our fourth birthday. Um, so, for us as an organisation, and for me within this organisation, I'll have been here nearly five years in January um so I've always had to adapt like every stage of what we've been we've done in this journey we've been adapting and changing you know we we opened and we had to find a database find an audience find what that is we have this amazing agile theatre space that means that we can be very traditional and being end on but we can also do and we have done a couple of these like these kind of really um sort of I use immersive in a kind of broader term but these productions that have 400 people standing and the action going on around like in amongst them and um seats around people if you go and watch if you go to the NT at home you can watch Julius Caesar or Midsummer Night's Dream which are in those formats and are incredible because of that and each time we've done these things we've had to change the way that we've been talking or describing performance or um sort of relaying like getting new audiences in and being dynamic about it so I've actually probably been training up to this since I started this company and we also have a wonderful senior team a wonderful team around us actually that have that energy and I think we are fortunate that I work with loads of people that do that it's like is that tea are you just having a bit more tea (laughs) a bit more coffee I didn't know it was gonna be so loud um you know I, I I, I'm not going to take it all. It's, you know, it's not just me. You need you need to have buy-in from everyone you're working with. And uh, I think I'm really fortunate to work with a really curious, creative 
group of people that are constantly going, is this the right thing to do? Should we be doing this? And pushing and not ever wanting to just go, we always do it that way. So let's let's do it that way. Um, so I, I think I've, I've always been challenged to do it that way. Um, and I think that's probably from every place that I've been. And I've, I've been fortunate. I've worked for a number of different really interesting, inspiring companies from ticket agents to uh, advertising agencies to uh, like National Theatre as well. I worked for a while. Like every place has given a different thing and you just take that energy and you go, right, like let's let's keep having fresh minds and open minds. Well, you, you bring up an interesting thing, and what I'm going to do, and I'm going to, so I'm going to present the question, and then I'm going to filibuster for you to give you a chance to come up with the answer. <laughs> so I'll talk after I ask you the question. But you know, so at the bridge, right, the National Theater Ad Agencies. The thing about the bridge is, this is the fourth birthday, and you've been there for five years, and you've been developing an audience like almost the whole time you've been there. Mm-hmm. Um, that's basically what people should be doing right now, and having done national theater, ad agencies, everything else, I'm curious, you know, like what are some of the ideas that you put in place to build a a new audience? Because I think that's where everybody is right now. Mm -hmm. And now I'm going to filibuster for a second and and talk about like the importance of being able to, um, I think that like a lot of these touchstones of building a customer base are very similar across industries. And like a lot of times what people get caught up on is like, oh, well, building a audience in the arts is different than building an audience in sports or building a and here's a way I'll explain it to people I worked on the Obama re-election campaign in 2012 and I worked in advertise you know some of the messaging and some of the marketing efforts around the campaign and my philosophy was that what we were going to do it was, was very similar to an ad campaign launch like we were just selling a product and that product was Barack Obama that's something that I've held, whether I've been working with like major wine companies coming to the U.S., major credit card companies when I worked in museums, I, museums uh, every, everywhere. Um, and it sounds that like it's a similar process to what you're dealing with. And if I've filibustered enough, I want to hear what you have as some of the touchstones that you use you know, to develop a new audience. Because I think that people really are struggling because maybe they took the, the audience for granted that it would always be there. And you i think we both understand that like your audience is only there as long as you continue to provide value for them and if you don't keep the relationship going by continuing to add value to continuing to be connected to them that they will go away they will forget about you um the brands are really small pieces of people's lives and like even the, the ones that have the most impact like arts and entertainment can go away just as easily as anything else did I filibuster long enough? Did I you did. Did filibuster? Okay, good. You did. You didn't know. I mean, oh gosh, there was there's so much in there. I'm going to pick up actually from one of the final points that you made there and say, actually, from this isn't actually trying to keep an audience, but uh, trying to get a new audience. But I think this is more about creating a word of mouth around it. So the people that are coming, it's making sure you're actually looking after them. And you're not just doing that thing of like, as soon as they bought a ticket, you've gone tick, done my job, like move on. Mm-hmm. Um, we are, like when we st- when we started here, there was a big there was a big sort of drive of being like thinking about the customer through the whole process from like the moment they touch your brand to the moment, like actually beyond the moment they leave your theater, like way beyond that moment, because they're buying an experience and that experience shouldn't just be what they see on stage or what they see when they, you know, go and watch the sporting event. Um, you know, we, we really thought about the web journey, the, the journey that someone might see on our social media channels. Um, we've thought about the, the comms that you get when you're booking. So, you know, what that, what the ticket looks like, we've got e-tickets that very much aren't kind of very like, bog standard they're kind of nicer they're a bit like a plane ticket if you ever buy one and they fold up nicely so you can have like it's just a nice little thing that just makes you feel like oh this is quite cute um we do very specific like pre-show emails that try and make people feel like they feel ready for this and they've got all Mm -hmm. of the information they need when they need it not just throwing it at them whenever or just assuming they'll come to your website to find it um we've worked with 
crowd engage who have uh do text tickets and it was something that we've actually been doing for like two and a half years odd before you know like at least a year before the pandemic um and of course that came into its own once we were coming back and needed to do contactless um you know the amount of people that just would send me a note and be like I couldn't find my tickets and then you text me as soon as I went to look to find them on the day and that was brilliant because I didn't even need to find my ticket like isn't that an amazing service people were tweeting about this and I thought when do people ever tweet to say oh my gosh this is a great service like people just don't do they <laughs> and genuinely have tweets about they this all they call they only tweet to complain yeah yeah, yeah. um <laughs> it's so true and then you know making sure that we are again so fortunate that we have this beautiful front pass we've not in the west end where they have limited space and you are kind of shoved in like into a you know sheep shearing pen or something and you're just kind of like Ooh. um people walk in here and they go this is beautiful um and they can smell the madeleines and um our front of house team are wonderful wonderful human beings and you know they they are so polite and they're so lovely and caring and then those audiences leave and they they see beautiful tower bridge as they leave they have a lovely walk along the river to london bridge station um i mean yeah of course i haven't that wasn't me really I, I have no control over that bit of it but um you know and then we send them an email afterwards saying thank you for coming here's a survey if you want to follow up but we also then add you know this is a play that we currently have on which is as i've said before quite hot hitting quite about race but we we're not spitting them out and going good luck with this you've just seen something quite you know quite thought-provoking and you know in some ways could be quite horrific we're then sending them something going do you want to continue this journey do you want to read more about this here is some more here are books that have inspired us here's a podcast that's inspired us here's some more information on this so actually you're getting more out of this it's not just that that seat in that that show that you're watching hopefully you're having an amazing time so that someone else can tell you tell someone else and you go actually this was brilliant and this service is great and I love this and I think having that 360 like literally like looking at the whole thing and it's hard because some organizations you know they are very siloed and it's like you do the ticketing you do the website you do the marketing you do you know probably the social media like we are quite a small team and we get quite autonomy to do to really influence a lot of what goes on which I'm very fortunate of and have a lot of respect for the team here that have allowed that to happen um and I think that's really important for someone right now they you know we all want to be looked after when we're doing anything um so I think that's that sort of explains how actually we've been building over the last four years because we all know the powerfulest tool of marketing is word of mouth right mm-hmm. <laughs> um you get that right and you know your show could be okay but someone will come back again because they had a good time um and I think that's important um also with like, i think oh yeah sorry no no, like, no 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 i mean like this whole think about the 360 thing think about you know it the, the journey doesn't start when they get to the website or buy the ticket and it doesn't end when they leave it's all of these things the touch points are there's way more than people usually recognize and the ones that matter are often the ones that you don't think matter yeah. the most, right? So like that text, that like the text you sent out the day before or the day of the show that like so people can find their ticket but they didn't know and they couldn't find it. Those are powerful, right? Yeah. You know, this touch point idea is so, so important. But the thing about it is it's following up with other details, other things that people can learn. It, I don't know, you may not even have data for this, but I would assume that it would, it would also drive people maybe like once they start learning or seeing stuff, it's the same way you go see a movie two or three times. You might go back and see a play two or three times. Like we were talking, what was it? Uh, you said you saw, shoot, did you say it here when you said you, you saw a, sh- a show several times? Uh, not Dear Evan Hansen. Um, uh, no, I've, I've seen, I saw Hairspray when I came over to Broadway, but I've, I mean, there's a few shows I've seen yeah. many times. <laughs> oh yeah, I was going to say, yeah, exactly. But I mean, I've seen the producers three or four times. I saw Wicked. I mean, we, we, we laughed about Wicked. Yeah. Those touch points are missing me, but I still have gone five times. Yeah. So. <laughs> But yeah, there's a lot of them. And like, then you pick up new things and it's a lot, again, it's the word of mouth, right? Like you go, my God, I, you know, if, if the producers with Nathan Lane and Matthew Broderick was, was playing now, I would I would rush to go see it. It's like, <laughs> that's how much it, it meant to me, like, uh, yeah. and how how powerful it was. But it's so, these things are so important because 
you want to give people things to hang on to, yeah. ways to connect. Um, you don't want it to be a transaction. You want it to be a relationship. And, yeah. you know, what I really like about the example you gave is that it, it just really embraces the idea that everything you do is marketing, right? Yeah. It's as simple as the, you know, the e-tickets are pretty, <laughs> you, you know, so yeah. like if you print the thing out, at least you have like a nice little, like something, a reminder, because I yeah. think that's like one of the challenges of digital tickets versus hard tickets is that people miss that souvenir. And yeah. If you just look at it as a transaction, you're like going, oh, well, the e-ticket's awesome because I get better data and I get I get all of these things. But what does yeah. the customer get? The customer gets a little like pass on their iPhone that it expires as soon as the show's over and they don't have a souvenir. But yeah. I don't have them here now because I tried to clean up my desk. But I used to have a stack of like all these like events that I really like loved, right? It's like almost every Pearl Jam concert I've ever been to and like <laughs> the, um, a bunch of like soccer matches. <laughs> stuff but you know i mean ridiculous stuff so but it's it's, i mean it's like an awesome example and and i really stepped on your 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 feet there you were explaining stuff so i'm sorry about that no 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 it's so nice well you know what it's lovely because sometimes you say these things and you're like gosh am i am i just making this up like i think that's one of the things that i will say is that i i i don't have the answers to any of these really i can i'm still learning and i'm still listening and i'm I think that's the thing is if we we say we know the answers to this then we're probably yeah. all fools and actually um it's so nice to hear someone go yeah yeah that that, that makes sense and you're doing it because right. you know you you sometimes don't know and you sometimes don't know until I remember when we opened our doors for the first ever time and you know I'd been working on working on it for nine months by that point and we'd been on sale for six and like I suddenly went it's mad to think that this thing that we built you know that's I started building nine months ago with this team and like that has actually meant that people have turned up (laughs) it wasn't a dream like these are real people they're not just these little dots of like confirmed bookings on a ticketing system they're actual real human beings like what um and you know like literally you just have to go right so what worked what didn't work right tick move on like keep testing and keep trying and keep keep going and I think that that is that is the main thing and you know working you know fortunately I get to work with the wider team and the the programming that we have is very like different and one minute we'll have you know an immersive Shakespeare next minute we'll have lovely Laura Linney on stage doing a monologue um, from an adaptation of a book like there's such a beautiful change and like difference in what we do which again helps to generate that different energy like some people just come time and time again because they go yeah we like building and someone will go well no I love that actor so I'll come and see that or I love that writer or I really want I really want to see something that's immersive so I'm going to come and see that thing and I feel like an event um yeah so I you know it's so hard isn't it because you can't tell someone to be like oh get a new audience by reprogramming everything you do no. <laughs> um no, no, no. but like but you, that- you nailed it though because you, you 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 totally nailed it i don't and i you may not even realize that you nailed it you go i don't know anything right and and i i say that like that because i want that point to cut through but it's not like if you ask me and you know this because you've i mean we, we've talked about this I'll never tell you I have the answer. I go, I know how to find the answers, right? I, you know, and the answer is always with the customer, right? It's always with like going and talking to people, right? It's always doing the research. It's always like getting a feel for what people want and need. And like we were talking about even before, what people want today is going to be different than what they want in three or six months. So totally. some of these decisions, you know, we're making, we are guessing, we're using our best guess. Like nobody has the answers, you know, and, but, and then, knowing we don't know any of the answers that we're kind of like in a relationship and a partnership with our audience and that we're both taking a leap of faith and that we're always experimenting and changing and tweaking and, and dealing with people. And which is probably scary because we live in an environment that um, even before the pandemic, that wanted two things, one certainty mm-hmm. and always felt the need to always have the answer. And, um, and also speed is like and to have the yes. answer now like we're so instant it's like right mm-hmm. do that now now quick quicker yeah. quicker faster yeah everything yeah. is instant it's like Argh. that's exactly right yeah that, i mean that's a great point yeah and i think we we would agree and again you can tell me if i'm wrong because you can tell me i'm more on no matter what right? like, <laughs> you, you, you know, it's totally fine um is that we know that those three things are wrong like yeah. they're you know 
speed isn't necessarily giving you the best answer. Um, having the first answer is not the best answer and having and thinking you know everything isn't is always the wrong answer and i think yeah. we would all we would definitely agree on that i mean yeah, i believe yeah. i mean I, i'm the only one like you know to uh because we made a like as we kind of wrap up here uh since we made fun of richard and jonathan at the start <laughs> oh. uh since i'm the one that they the bb and we were talking about your uh, um we we're talking about well oh shoot uh nicholas being on bbc this morning yeah yeah um since I'm the only one here that's gotten called the king of tickets by the BBC. So <laughs> <laughs> um, that's like all, all I know. I mean, you know, that's like, that's my thing is that like, when I don't really know anything. I'm a knucklehead and, um, but, yeah. I, but I'm curious about people and, you know, and that's the same thing with you. And, you know, that's, what's really always interesting about talking to you is that like, I go out, you know, work with people all over the place Um and, you know, so then I bring these ideas back and a lot of times people go, well, that doesn't work. And like, oh, maybe that works with you. But yeah. then it's like, I come and talk to you and you go like, well, we didn't set this up at all, but you were doing exactly the same things that, I, you know, that I'm sitting there preaching to people. It's like, well, you got to know your customers, right? You got to yeah. be kind of curious enough to experiment. You got to realize that like um, things are going to change, right? All these things. And it's... It, it, you know, you don't need to have the right answer all the time because it's just not, it's impossible, I, yeah. I think is where it really is. But it's um, so hard to take a risk right now. Like we need to, oh, yeah. but when when there is so little money in this industry, you know, even with some of the stuff that got, you know, we were fortunate the government did give us some money and, you know, some of us had the loan, some of us had the had um, uh, various things that we have sort of kept through but actually when the when at the bottom line you are looking at cash and you're looking at going right I need a business to be successful it is harder and I think that is that is the other side of it is that we can we can be like yeah yeah just take more risks and you need to like do all of this stuff but it's like but also sometimes you know when you've got investors when you've got a board when you've got these people that you've got to answer to sometimes it's hard to be like Mm -hmm. Oh, actually, do you know what? We're going to do this crazy thing because we need to, or like, you right. know, it's, it's, that's, that's the other difficult side right now. It's that you want to tell someone to take a risk, but actually we, we all want comfort right now, which again, it comes back oh, yeah. around, doesn't it? To what we were saying yeah. about musicals and wanting to see, you know, it's, 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 that's what, you know, do we want to go, you know, you, you're not going to risk going out and getting ill. You're right. not going to risk doing something crazy with your marketing or your programming or whatever because actually you still need to be open in a year two yes. year three year five years time well let me ask you this because this is, this is something that people all the time um they ask me about and they'll say oh you know well it's easy for you to say something about risk or it's easy for you to do something about risk um, and it sounds to me like you probably have a very similar philosophy on this than i do it's not about being so like um, willing to take risks. It's about understanding what my tolerance for risk is yeah. and take it and eliminating some of the, um, just like stupid mistakes that could make this something risky, not yeah. like risk because just getting out of bed in the morning is risky at this point. <laughs> it's taking prudent risk, right. And saying like, going, you know, doing things the way I've always done, that's a risky decision Yeah, because you know, and so it's managing the risk versus the reward and being able to on a scale, on a continuum, right? From like, let's say like NPS, right? Like NPS goes like, cause you do the surveys, right? So you, I'm sure yeah, you yeah. probably have an NPS score, right? You? you go like, <laughs> you know, it goes from minus 100 to 100, uh, you know, noticing like, so that like, it's not, if it's too far over to the negative side, that's probably not a good idea. And then putting the odds in your favor. So it goes to the, the positive. Are you going to get a hundred? Probably not. But the thing is, it's like if you get somewhere in the 20, 30, 40, depending on what it is you're doing, it could be great, right? And it's just understanding what the risk is, that every decision, even doing nothing is risky, and just taking the, a responsible risk, yeah. right? Because that's all success is, is taking responsible risks. Yeah. And, you know, one of the positive risks that I think has been fascinating for me, and again, I think it it taught me a lot was with with e-ticketing like everyone went oh yeah no one no one will no one will want to do e-ticketing like there'll be people that need their tickets and mm-hmm. it's amazing because we've had to do e-ticketing for covid because we were like we don't want queues at our box office so we're not doing covos we're not going to send tickets out we're gonna because actually then we can control our tickets we know 
they're being sent we know that and you know what not I think we've rarely had a single person complain or not understand how to use them or been funny about them like they've actually been charming because and we probably could have all have taken this risk and jumped a lot sooner but actually madness to take COVID to make us do it because we kind of had to um for contactlessness but you know saving cues and etc etc but I like everyone seems to have just gone yeah yeah well why was this ever an issue why why did we make a big deal out of this and I think it's remembering that when you do stuff to go actually we can overthink things you can over plan you can overthink you can over scenario it and you just sometimes you do just need to go let's do it yeah, no, that, 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 I think that's exactly right. Now, I want to be conscious of your time. So how can people find you on the Internet? Oh, Because you have to see you have to get it like you're at the end of your day. <laughs> me, I'm just getting started. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, oh, how can they find me? Um, so I, I have a really hilarious. You might want to be like, oh, no, don't find me, please. <laughs> Uh, you can. I, I have a very hilarious Twitter <laughs> handle, which um, there is a story behind, and I blame a guy called Ian Taylor. If anyone knows who Ian Taylor oh, is, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. Here's another another hat tip to the uh, pod, a former <laughs> podcast guest. Yeah, yeah. Um, so when I was when I was in the in this uh, box office and ticketing team, at AKA when Richard Richard Howell and Ian Taylor hiring me, um, it was a department of. Uh, I was about to say boys. I should say men. Um, and um, I was again thinking, another 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 all time favorite is Ian Taylor. We could have, if, if I know that he was responsible <laughs> for the Twitter handle, I could have said Richard or Ian, and that would have totally worked as well. And, and it would have been um, just as awesome. It would have been just as great. Um, and because I, my name's Pauline, he called me Lady P because I was the only lady. Um, so I was always Lady P when I was. So there are certain people in this industry that only know that only call me Lady P and from those days. And so my Twitter handle is uh, little L I L underscore Miss M S uh, underscore Lady underscore P. <laughs> Sorry, it's a mouthful and it's ridiculous. Um, but I'm also on LinkedIn under Fawley and Fallowell and you're more than welcome to contact me by there, which is slightly more professional than my little Miss Lady P. Um <laughs> Let's be honest. Like, I mean, how 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 serious are any of us? Is like, <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. I remember someone at one point being like, "Should you change that?" And I was like, "Do you know what? I'm not going through this life being someone I'm not. I'm gonna be me because I think that's that's the way it should be, right?" I agree. I, I and I think um, it, it's completely. I wish I had known the Ian thing because then I would have <laughs> totally done that. That would have been awesome. Uh, <laughs> Uh, but you know, it, it's like one of the nice things about doing this thing, the podcast, is that like people get to hear that I'm like not that serious, like about about most stuff, it's, you know, because like a lot of times you can think that I'm very serious, you, you know, because I mean when you do like certain stuff that I do, it's like it can seem very serious, but it, yeah. it, it is. It's too short to like be too oh. serious about yourself. It's the it's getting the yin and the yang, isn't it? Like you, you know, you need a balance in whatever you do, and you know. Also, I think this industry that is why I'm still here is because the people are yeah. great, and yeah, I don't don't know what else I'd be doing. <laughs> yes, that's exactly right. Well, I mean, there's I mean, there's probably tons of stuff you could do because I, uh, <laughs> you know, you're also a, a, a fantastic marketer uh, and you do a fantastic job and I, I thank you so much for doing this today oh, no. thank you thank you it's been a pleasure yeah you're saying that now because we're still recording I know quick, quick. <laughs> thank you so I'll get my Gemini quick. 2 face thing will come out in a minute <laughs> thank you so much thank you come on isn't that a great right. conversation let me know by sending me an email it is my name dave at davewakeman.com check out my website if you haven't checked it out in a while it has been rebuilt during the pandemic davewakeman.com it is amazing um the young lady that did my website redevelopment she is awesome uh so check that out make sure you check out my friends at booking protect the global leaders in refund protection. As I told you at the very start, the refund protection rates have doubled since tickets started going back on sale after lockdowns. This is a clear indicator of change in behavior. Uh, you need to understand what that means for your organization. So talk to Haley, to Kat, to Kath, to Simon. Um, talk to anybody at Booking Protect. They're all amazing. Uh, they will share with you data they will tell you case studies they will give you a way that you can offer refund protection to your customers and most importantly it's a 
super value to the customers, but it also creates a new revenue stream for you. So check it out, www.bookingprotect.com. Finally, get my newsletter on tickets in the world of live entertainment. It's Talking Tickets. You get it at talkingtickets.substack.com. Uh, it comes out each Friday. Tomorrow's episode, edition, number 109, will lay out a new format which I think is hopefully going to work a lot better. It's going to give you a little bit more utility. It'll be great. So check it out, uh, talkingtickets.substack.com. Again, thank you so much for being here. Uh, a lot of new episodes, a lot of great guests coming on. Um, you know, Branch out all over the world. I'm, I'm looking for some people from the continent of Africa. Look for new some, some new people from South America. Uh, we're gonna we're, we're getting back to being global here, and hopefully we're gonna help people recover because there will be a new ebook coming out uh, sometime around the beginning of the year that's gonna focus just on recovery. This is all all great stuff. But uh, thank you for so much for being here, for listening, uh, supporting me, supporting the podcast. Uh, if you like the podcast. Like it, share it, review it on iTunes. And if you need somebody to talk to, uh, the pandemic ain't over yet. You know where to find me, daviddavewakeman.com. I will see you again soon. Take it easy.